Hello, everyone. My name is John Cash Phillippe, and I'm presenting another wonderful, exciting chapter to the Gaming and Leisure uh, Voice podcast. Uh, today, uh, my guest from Big Green IT is Jeff Rogers, and we're going to be talking a lot about what Big Green IT does for companies and a little bit about the uh, uh, about the journey that he's taken to get uh, Big Green IT where it's at. Uh, but first, let me... Uh, talk a little bit to the sponsor of this podcast, that would be SSI POS. Uh, if you're looking for a POS partner that offers all in-house services, including development and 24-7, 365 live domestic support, look no further than uh, Signature Systems, Inc., home of SSI POS, the top-rated point-of-sale system. With all integrations, comprehensive menu management, no hardware lock-in, and an array of solutions that include guest-empowered kiosks, Signature Systems, winner of the Innovation Award in the 2022 Gaming and Hospitality Industry Awards, is your one-stop shop for technology innovation. Learn more at SSIPOS.com. And now, with that uh, out there, let's uh, get right to Jeff. Jeff, uh, welcome to uh, Gaming Leisure's uh, Voice Podcast. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Big Green IT. All right, John, thank you for having me on this uh, this Friday afternoon as it is. Uh, it just so happens, I'm not sure when we're all going to uh, be able to see this and hear this, but it happens to be Cinco de Mayo, so for those of you. Um, <laughs> but I appreciate you having me on. Uh, thanks for the sponsor for, uh, for putting this together as well. Uh, I've been w- working with gaming and leisure now for about, it's probably about seven years-ish in that range. Uh, myself, I'll give you a quick, just a quick background, just so how we get here, because we all have our journey to the gaming industry in one way or another. Uh, mine started uh, in the 1990s working with Sun Microsystems. I uh, got introduced to a few of the gaming properties that were, you know, looking at maybe making changes in those days from the old IBM stuff, uh, part of the world to different technologies. Uh, but really didn't know that much about it. And uh, in probably about 2000, I had the opportunity to start a company, a technology company in the gaming space and learn quite a bit about everything. In fact, we had some intellectual property. We ended up licensing to Bally in the day. Uh, I think we were a little ahead of our time and that we were networking uh, slot machine play together, the actual play itself. And uh, we were, uh, it was one of those things that we kind of married the Silicon Valley with what was still kind of the older style, the Reno style, I'll call it sometimes of, uh, of gaming and, uh, and those technology pieces. And it, um, uh, it was a, it was a great testament to the, to the industry, enjoyed it quite a bit, learned a lot. Actually, it helped me when I started a new company in 2005, which was named Steelhead Data. And that was much more on the data center part of the world uh, and uh, providing those but at least I could go into now meetings with uh, gaming properties and understand what a player tracking system was, which nobody in technology outside of gaming knew what the heck they're talking about or why it was important. So we gained a lot of uh, customers in those days. I sold that cust- I sold that company in 2011 uh, and uh, ended up starting Big Green IT in 2013. Uh, we started Big Green IT primarily, and it was myself and my brother to uh, take the data center world that we had all lived in for so long, uh, preserve it where needed, but also then start looking at the cloud and where where it actually fit. I've always had the moniker, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And the cloud is exactly that. Just because it's there doesn't mean you need to do everything with it. And uh, that has served us pretty well. And uh, uh, about six years ago, we got into 
a very tight relationship with Microsoft um, to the extent that we're one of their top, what they call scale partners in the country today. And that basically means we hit a sweet spot for them and for us that's usually between about 200 and 2,500 employees. We worked with uh, renowned healthcare that has uh, about 12,000 employees and uh, uh, we took all of their on-premise exchange up to the cloud, which was quite an undertaking uh, in and of itself. So we work with quite a few uh, different size operations. Um, we only have one vertical uh, and that is the gaming industry. We work with, however, we work with banking, we work with uh, uh, retail, we work with all kinds because primarily we're an infrastructure company. We're helping companies get to the Microsoft platform, whether it's with Azure or whether it's with, uh, you know, M365 or Teams Voice, all the stuff that happens. So even though we're fairly horizontal that we work with different companies, uh, our primary uh you know, outward uh, work is with the casino industry, both tribal gaming and commercial. So that's kind of my background to it, just so everyone knows that hasn't met me before. My my degree is in uh, industrial engineering. So I have a technical background, but I've been doing technical sales for about uh, 25 years now. And I'm the CEO and founder of Big Green IT. Well, that's great. Uh, now, I guess talking to the importance, uh, just the thought leadership that goes into uh, just the perspective of planning an ecosystem. I, as an operator, I, I come to you, Jeff. I say, Jeff, help. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> right. I, I have, especially when I'm opening a property or doing anything mm -hmm. like that, but just trying to do other yeah. things. It's like I go to you. you talk to the, the perspective uh, sure. from your end. Well, uh, don't we all wish we could start from scratch, right? We're usually <laughs> inheriting something uh, for the most part, and we've got to work our way through how did it get here and uh, all of that. But, you know, let's take the, the pristine approach first, and then we'll talk about the nuances of everything else. Um, so the pristine approach is, is, is looking at uh, what infrastructure can I actually get the utilization, the best utilization out of the cloud. And when I say it, just so you know, where I'm saying this from a Microsoft perspective, then yes, there's the AWSs and the Google Clouds and everything else out there. But for the most part, we've all grown up in the last, say, 20 years using Microsoft technologies, right? We're using Microsoft servers, we're using Exchange, we're using Word, we're using all those pieces and parts. So for us, um, we look at how what do you mean the, i'm still using using lotus notes what do you mean oh, don't, don't 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 tell john Enriquez that because we actually <laughs> had to help john get his property in curacao off of lotus notes oh, into, wow. into his cloud so yes uh it's a real world and it's a real thing you know, <laughs> believe the stuff we run into zimbra and this and things that nobody's ever heard of before for the most part but anyway yeah and that that's the that's the uh, the other side of the world. That's the uh, I, I've I've inherited these things, or or you've gone out and acquired a property. Um, I would say at the pristine part of it, what we look for first is what is going to make your life easier, uh, less to uh, manage on the infrastructure from a people standpoint more secure. Um, you know, if we can get your, let's just start with the basics. If you can get mail and uh, and uh, shared folders and uh, 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 
you know, client folders, everything else into a cloud scenario with Microsoft. Well, their security of their data centers is a hundred times what we could do individually at any single property or, or or whatever that might be. Definitely better than the closet down the, the down the hallway that the servers are in sometimes and things like that. The other thing is um, there are. Uh, as you know, most gaming entities have multiple properties and most of those were acquired in some way. So how do I bring that into a central system where it's still accessible everywhere? And so when we look at this, it's like, let's go for the simple, simple, simple. I'll put that in air quotes for those that can see my hands. Uh, the simple things first, let's get those things which we really shouldn't be managing anymore from an infrastructure standpoint into the cloud and Microsoft. That is the exchange. That is the folders in OneDrive. That is, you know, the rest of the ecosystem. And I'm glad you brought that term up because that's one of the other reasons that we uh, tied ourselves so close, closely to Microsoft. Remember, I came from Sun Microsystems. We hated Microsoft. There was no, there was no love there, good blood whatsoever. But what it is, is that we all use it today. And I'll give you one example. Uh, years ago when I graduated uh, college, that's when AutoCAD was just starting out in the late 1980s. And I remember somebody coming to me and going, oh, where there's this other program that works, you know, twice as good as AutoCAD and it's a quarter of the price. Do you think I should buy it? And I said, okay, so if you want to get trained on a class on CAD, what are they teaching down at the junior college? They're teaching AutoCAD. If you want to go buy a book down at the store, Barnes and Nobles, when they used to sell them, what are they going to sell a book on CAD? It's going to be on AutoCAD. And if you want to interface with your electrician, you're this, you're this, they're all going to be doing AutoCAD. It's very similar with Microsoft, right? It's 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 the tool that we know and use. There are other options out there, but I don't get on it because it's Microsoft. I get to Microsoft because everyone is utilizing it. They're familiar with it and they know how to, uh, uh, how to administer it. So back to your question, where do we start, right? For us, if it's something brand new and somebody just has been on property, on-prem the whole time, let's get those simple things into the cloud format. Let's get, let's get your M365 type of stuff started. Then we look at the ecosystem is uh, Teams phones. We're getting a ton of requests for Teams phones now. Something that is on-prem that is starting to uh, uh, go out of uh, service or out of, uh, uh, it's, it's, you had, it's ended its useful life. They want to get into Teams phone. What's one thing, John, we've probably all been trying to do for years, and that's um, uh, virtual desktops. We've tried working with VMware and Horizon View. We've tried working with Citrix and this. We've tried all these things. And what's the most cumbersome part of it is you have to have all this physical infrastructure to make it work. And you've got to have, you know, if you have a, a, a scenario that your servers and your storage handle 300 users, but now you got to add two more, what do I got to do? Buy another $100,000 of infrastructure. So um, Microsoft has now their Windows 365, used to be called AVD. They still have that too. But now all these things are starting to work together. I can have my team's phone. I can have my teams for collaboration. I can have my Outlook and my uh, other parts of M365. I can also have uh, a, now a Windows virtual desktop uh, that has all the security wrapped around it in one piece. And so that's when I talk about an ecosystem. I'm not trying to put everybody into one solution and one manufacturer. I'm just saying, look at this. We can get this all to kind of work together and, and it's all at a reasonable price. Um, so that's one part of it. So I'll answer kind of your second question, even though you and whether you implied it or not. 
And that is, I've got this pile that I inherited <laughs> as either a new, you know, IT manager at a property and you got to decipher what the other person did beforehand, or like I said, an acquisition. Um, acquisitions are happening quite a bit right now. And, you know, we're doing probably now more tenant to tenant migrations than we are on-prem to cloud migrations. Because now you'll find that two properties, two, it doesn't even have to be in gaming, but two entities, they're acquiring someone who already went through the change to uh, to the Microsoft cloud. And that is not as simple as people would think it would be uh, to get something that's already in 365 into someone else's already 365. But it is a big part of um, what we do today. And I haven't even talked about Azure yet. So um, so, so I, hopefully that's kind of the direction and answering part of your question or questions. Uh, Absolutely. It's finally, it's the, it's the world we were promised yeah, uh, 20 right. years ago. I mean, I, I, I remember um, the enterprise service bus days and things like that. We're bringing it all together through this one piece of equipment, you know, and right. it was just uh, cumbersome and never worked. And now we're finally getting it with the cloud. And, and you guys have been really kind of helping everybody get into yeah. that uh, space. And I guess that comes down to I, what's in your words, what's what's the uh, give everybody a feeling or a sense of the importance of the framework. Yeah. Well, the framework. OK, so the couple pieces there. Um, framework is especially important on the Azure part of it. Uh, that is the that is the piece that. You know, we have some clients, maybe non-gaming at this point, because they're startups uh, and they are building out their application. They're building it out in a cloud framework, either whether it's with AWS or with the uh, with Microsoft, which is, like I said, what we do primarily. And we don't write the applications. Um, we can build to a framework to where the containers or whatever the application is going to be written goes. But think about, and John, you probably have this experience too. Think about how many people over the last three to five years wanted to try out Azure and they went and put it on their credit card and they fired up a VM and they're going to play with this thing. And they're going to all of a sudden know it worked. And so they're going to put two more VMs on that credit card and they're going to make these things happen. All of a sudden it's something that's in production. Then they come to us and go, hey, we want to do this, scale this out enterprise wide. And we have to take a look at it and go, Okay, I know you've, you're really proud of what you built here, in Azure, <laughs> but we have to break it apart and tear it down because of scalability, because of regionality, because of all the other things that, that might come into play. And so if I'm out there, I'm not a preacher, but if I'm preaching from a technology standpoint, anything, it's really understanding of now where you want to go with this, um, with this cloud infrastructure. And I'm not necessarily talking about the the uh, the modern desktop stuff. I'm not talking about M365 and VDI and all that. I'm talking really about when you want to start looking at your infrastructure, your service infrastructure, either moving to the cloud or being DR in the cloud. Maybe we still have to have on-prem and we have, and as you know, um, we have to work with every day when we just talk about gaming, if it's tribal or if it's commercial, where there's also some other things that might go on in decisions about uh, about sovereignty of data, about where it's going to be. So let me give you another piece about framework. So there's there's things that um, there's regionality. Microsoft has, well, about a, six months ago, was 92 data centers around the world. There's a ton of them in the United States. 
And we started building some fairly robust framework. They call, they call it the Azure landing zone for someone to put in their, uh, their application to layer that on top of. Well, we really need to know how big that thing's going to get. Because of the regionality of Microsoft's data center, we might put it into Central 1 or West 2 or the, one of these names that they have and come to find out that data center is already 96, 96% full. You don't want to be putting an application into an area that necessarily is going to, that has the possibility of being full at some point in time for your own scalability. The other part of it is, and you wouldn't think about this, but a lot of it is not just moving your um, VMs from VMware or whatever you have on premise into a VM in the cloud. It's also taking advantage from a pricing standpoint of what they call their, uh, uh, their services, their Azure services. So instead of putting up a VM for SQL, putting your SQL license on that VM and running it like you think you would on premise, you can actually just subscribe to SQL as a service and point to it and it's a, a tenth the cost. But same thing. If you're going to use a bunch of it, <laughs> we better make sure that you're built in the right spot. And also it's built so that you can go someday you go, yeah, but Jeff, we need uh, we need redundancy across the United States for security, for other types of things. OK, well, then we better know that up front so we can put you in the right uh, region so that we can push the right button and it replicates it to the east region, let's say. So the other part of that, which everybody's concerned about, is security. And that's another piece that it's so important to do it up front correctly rather than, and that's why we do a lot of migrating, even though it would seem like, hey, we've already got this much in Azure. Uh, we've been on you know, this kind of subscription, but we want to do this much more. Okay, we need to then build the right framework so that you can not only move that stuff, but now it's built with the right security, the right, um, the, the right firewalls, all the stuff that's up front. So hopefully that's not too long of an answer to your short question. But <laughs> there's so much to it that I can't emphasize enough how important it is to pick that time and place when you go, okay, we're serious about this Azure. We're now going to move this stuff into a bigger framework. Well, even if you've done some of it, let's now get it ready for the next 10 years. Let's build that framework correctly. Let's talk to the, just the economics of it. I mean, Quite frankly, is the uh, how much, in your opinion, and what yep. you've seen, and everything out there, how much money has been saved? Uh, you know, through just starting out with or, or unscrambling the egg, so to right, speak. unscrambling the egg. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll answer this in two different sections. The uh, first one is uh, the easier one, which is the the Microsoft M three sixty five. When we are, uh, uh, a lot of times when we're doing the cost justification or we're helping somebody move, it's like, okay, you realize now you can get rid of all your box.net accounts. You can get rid of all of your um, Zoom accounts if you have a paid for type of one because you've got teams built right into it. Don't You don't pay any extra for that collaboration. And there's a lot of savings that is just in a pure financial monthly standpoint by uh, unscrambling and then collapsing more into that Microsoft ecosystem. Then there's the whole part of just administering. Think about uh, you know some of the larger environments you've been in past, John, where you've got one to two people and their only job is to administrate uh, the, the exchange servers. And you can save that or reallocate those FTEs to something you know perhaps more productive. So on the on that side of it, there's a lot of good penciling that makes sense for probably as long as they can um as long as they can 
do it if it's a not a, 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 a tribal rule about not sending stuff to the cloud. But as long as someone can go to the cloud, the stuff on M365 starts to become almost a no-brainer because there's a lot of things also security-wise built into that platform that we would have to spend a lot of money on or um, maybe we even leave holes in it, that Microsoft's telemetry is taking care of all of that on a daily, hourly basis. So that's on the modern desktop side. And I know that was brief, but it kind of brings it together. On the Azure side of it, it's completely different discussion. Um, most people don't save money up front. It's not like if I take my, oh, I don't know, 30 VMs that are running my enterprise, my organization, and I just lift those and I shift them and put them into Azure. Well, my monthly Azure bill um, will equal equal what I was going to pay for those servers and storage and everything else in probably you know a couple of years. And now I'm paying more of a bill. But that is not really where we're as much where we're at today. A lot of people might lift and shift just so they have the same um, production flow or symmetry to what they're used to doing. But now that we've got it in the cloud, now we can, let's just say something. I'm going to, how, how can I make, I'll make up some numbers here. Um, it, my bill is $30,000 a month with Azure. When I lifted uh, all my VMs and I shifted them into Azure and there they are. But now that they're there, we can start doing things that drive that cost down. Now we can say, hey, that SQL, instead of let's just turn that thing off at $600 a month plus the licensing plus that, and let's turn that into a SQL service at $27 a month. And we've actually done that in many, many occasions. And then we can also do things like find out which servers uh, or which VMs, I'll call them VMs since they're in Azure, um, which VMs are used Mm, kind of seven by 24. And if we know they're always going to be up and it has a predictable rate to that, we can now do what they call reserved instances and drive that cost down by 30%. So there's a whole bunch of things we do. And we, John, we've known each other mostly from GNL uh, for probably off and on for seven or eight years now. And if, you, if the people have gotten to know me, I use John Enriquez as an example all the time because I, I love that guy, uh, aside from the fact that we've done a lot of really good projects for their organization at uh, Wind Creek Hospitality. But the people that know me and the culture we've built with Big Green IT is we're not here to crank up the dial as much as we can to make that. We're here to do really good projects and get into the infrastructure. Yes, we do sell the licensing and it, it comes through us. But the people that know me, probably because of my engineering background, is I'm trying to figure out how to tell, turn the dial down. So um, that's what that when you you know back to the question on unscrambling the egg and so forth, and then coming to cost. Modern desktop, which is your 365, your Azure, uh, your Azure Virtual Desktops, your Windows Windows Desktops, Teams Voice, those have great ROIs that you can consolidate and bring all in. Azure is a little bit different. It's the, there's a lot of cost involved, but that planning and that understanding of how you're going to use it, we can drive costs down after you get there. So hopefully that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. We're getting close on time, but I, mm. I really like to know, uh, uh, besides if I can get one of the margaritas <laughs> <laughs> is just how about some final thoughts for someone struggling with getting their hands around this? What's yeah. the best thing, uh, best start for them? Sure. Besides, well, definitely calling you. Yeah. Well, that's, and I was going to say that, but um, now the, what's interesting is uh, there's so much information out there. Um, I've had new employees that I've hired that said, Oh, I went to Microsoft's website and I learned all this stuff. And I'm like, well, you're going to have to unlearn it all by going to Microsoft's website. It's not going to tell you how it all kind of goes together. 
it's going to talk about, you know, a lot of fancy graphics, a lot of uh, things that happen, but really um, getting started, gosh, I don't want this to be a commercial about us. I wanted to, I want this to be about you guys, but here, let me tell you how we do it. And maybe that'll kind of uh, generalize that. So we do um, webinars and we've been doing these through TribalNet and we've been doing them commercially as well um, since the pandemic started. And we do them on all the various topics that we've talked about in the ecosystem. And it's really a nice 30 minute way. And they're all, once again, not a commercial, but they're all on our website. And we and we also chop them up uh, in, a, in a certain way that you can search by terms and then get the snippets about something you're interested in. But the whole idea is understanding what the end game looks like um, and separating the two, modern workplace, uh, which is all the things we mentioned in that ecosystem, and then Azure, the, the, the enterprise services uh, server part of it. Um, and, and when you can take a look or have a discussion, a discussion with me, discussion, I've got three fantastic engineers that are, are socially capable of having great discussions and, and, and not just go fly right over your head. Um, and, uh, and we've got some more for delivery, but uh, it's, it's having that conversation to know what your cloud journey looks like. We've actually spent a lot of money in the last six months, um, building what we call the cloud journey. So you understand, Hey, you can enter at this point or this point or this point, but here's what the big picture looks like. And here's how you get there. And we don't have to do this all at once. Let's take, let's take the hardest things or the things that are most complicated for you right now. And also I would say, don't try to do it yourself. This is one of those things. We spend more time fixing other people's trying to do it themselves than if they would have just called us <laughs> and we would have been able to start from scratch. Why have your IT personnel learn something that they're only going to do once from a migration standpoint. It doesn't make any sense. They've got day jobs and, and they're busy as heck doing that. Let somebody take that from point A to point B, and then we'll teach them to fish to administrate what has happened and just add to it from that point there. I think that that's where people get in trouble the most. They, they're they just not sure, don't know where to start, and then maybe give a, a project to one of their um, IT people that says, hey, go do this and see what happens or try this. Um, I think that we're well past that, both in gaming and especially commercially uh, for clients, that that was the case five, six, four, even maybe up to three years ago. But now I think people know that they need to get there. They just need to know that they've got a good way to start. Uh, we try to offer that boutique experience. That's one of our other things, being a smaller company of 30 employees where we can actually handhold you through those conversations until you're comfortable of what's going to happen next. And then we get going. I love that about the, especially uh, small companies in general, your company as well. Just that that boutique. The same person who came out and helped us is the same guy I get or gal I get when I call. Yes. I love that. Um, so, Jeff, it's been fantastic talking with you. Uh, I really appreciate having you on the show and coming in and telling us more about Big Green IT so uh, more people will understand uh, how to get themselves out of trouble. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And definitely we, give you a call. We don't mind being the fire jumpers. We we have quite a bit of experience at that. And and don't be afraid of calling us. We're not going to call the baby ugly. We're just going to try to help you get through it and uh, get some good results on the other side. <laughs> that sounds great. Well, thanks again. This is John Cash Philippi. We'll be signing off from another exciting uh, gaming and leisure podcast from uh, voice podcast. 
and have a great day. Thank, Thank you. you all. Thank you. Thanks, John. Thanks.